Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. 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 Superficial magic is like if Goop were fun. It's like you don't have to go find your path. You just have to relax and let your path find you. Time isn't real. Math isn't real. If you focus on magic, you will create magic. That's like a 100% John Stamos guarantee. You really can manifest anything you want. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Vibe higher, bitch. Vibe higher. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the planet. I am your host, Megan Granger, and as always, with producer Crystal Chris. Hey, hey. That was a mouthful. I have gum in my mouth. What am I doing? Spit it out. Take it out. I've eaten Chris's gum. How many times do you think? in my life nine yeah he he takes out his gum and he puts it in food to like if he doesn't have a napkin like a chip yeah one time he put it in the last piece of funfetti cake and i went downstairs and it was his cake and i was like i shouldn't eat it but then i was like i don't care and i ate it and i had a piece of gum in my mouth so anyway you know it's funny that we're talking about the mouth because today's episode is about the throat chakra Ooh. Ooh, indeed. It is a fucked up time on the planet. Not sure if anybody's been here, but <laughs> we got to learn how to use our throat chakra. We've got to start speaking up. We've got to use the truth. We've got we've got to use the truth. I mean, sure, it came out wrong, but yes, we have to use it. It's a weapon. So today's guest is Drew Broderick, and he is on Instagram at Tetra Music School. That's T-E-T-A-R-A. <laughs> it's just so crazy that this is an episode about the voice and i i can't talk okay tetra t-e-t-r-a music school you guys got it he's amazing he um he works with the chakras and sound so i went over to natalie's house my friend natalie because i didn't want you guys to hear me doing it so i figured natalie could hear me doing it um It was really embarrassing because I was in her living room making insane sounds. Like you make a sound from your root chakra, which is going to be like, can you you do that? (laughs) Okay. I don't think you would. And then, you know, the higher you get, the more open it gets until you get to the top um, crown chakra. And it's like a very high, like, and yeah. So, you know, when you're really deep in meditation or anything like that, at least for me, it sounds like that. Like it's like this like really high pitched and you realize you're just made of sound and you know, it's your crown chakra divine cells, whatever. I'm not explaining it right. Drew is going to definitely explain it right because he's just, he's, he's really magical. So the throat chakra holds our truth. It holds our empowerment. It holds a huge sense of community and it stores a lot of our power, and it's a transmitter that other chakras can communicate through. I'm so excited for people to learn about it. Please join the Superficial Magic Vibrators group on mm-hmm. Facebook, or follow me on Instagram at Megan Granger. You can follow you at It's Playmore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Come say hi. Rate right it five stars. What else can they do? Oh, you can buy a Vibe Higher Budge t-shirt. Oh, yeah. 
people are sending me pictures. They look really hot in them. They're very flattering. They're very cool. Yeah, there's like big ones that I sleep in or you boys wear. And mm-hmm. then there's little crop ones that you boys also wear. You boys <laughs> also wear. And I must say, look real cute under a pair of overalls because <laughs> I'm still wearing overalls. Well, okay, so go to supervisualmagic.com. <laughs> Get in there, follow Drew, take a lesson with him. I took one. It was so worth every moment and penny. He is, he is really special and cool. So I can't wait to see what you guys think and we will see you next week. Love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Let's start from the beginning. A very good place to start. (laughs) So what brought you to working with this? Working with voice was really a result of being very unhappy with what I heard of my own voice when I when it was recorded. I uh, have really good control of my voice now, but didn't, like a lot of people don't, and was just really intrigued. I wonder if I can train myself to sound the way that I wished I could under certain circumstances. Uh, mm. And what I mean by that is we all sound fantastic in the right shower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because there's a, uh, a very forgiving environment, the acoustics can really sort of meet the voice and give it some space to be, and it's very forgiving. But when you're on a microphone and there are people watching you and listening very easy and this is uh, hopefully we'll go into this uh, conversation throughout this interview yes for the ego to leap in and project what people are thinking about what they're hearing from you which then becomes your filter through which you have to try to get your voice thing and usually probably wrong usually mm-hmm. wrong the assumption we make about what people are thinking about us so um yeah i just wanted to be able to control what i sounded like even though my ego was going crazy and sort of making uh, judgments before it even got started uh, so it's kind of like getting out of your own head yes this is yeah. a lot of the, this is a lot of the work is to embody the voice um and that uh, requires sort of circumventing the mind or politely asking the mind to just be the witness but not sort of be too much of a, an influence in the process yeah. um and allowing the other parts of our bodies, for want of a better word, the chakras. There's a system within us, there's wisdom within us in all these different parts of our body, infinitely uh, intelligent, um, but so humble, Mm. so quiet in their communication with us that it really takes a practice to honor these parts of our bodies honor these energy centers and give them the floor for once and ask the mind to just, you know, just chill out and and listen. Uh, Does this involve numerology at all? I think it's only numerology these days. (laughs) Um, um, In that you can map all of these different systems. The rainbow has seven colors. Of course, there are more, right? Because it's a sliding scale. Our do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do is a seven note scale. Because of those seven notes in the scale, because of the seven colors of the rainbow, because of the seven days of the week, you continue to look into the number seven. It's everywhere and it's a really crucial number. And so that to me just confirms that consciousness, the universe is expressing itself through all these incredible ways and it will show up as visual numerology. The number seven really gave me permission to take the classical music training that I have, my understanding of the scale and map that onto the chakra system, which is saying, hey, there's seven of us as well. And so I apply one different frequency. Uh, each, each energy center gets its own note. Um, and so that seven is just really useful analogy. And, and, I'll, ha- and I'll have the heart be the keynote, uh, which is not a very popular way to do it. Generally, the keynote is in the root, and that's mm-hmm. usually assigned with do, which then gets coupled with the color red, right? And we're familiar. Ah, if, you've, if you've ever yeah. seen that, if you've ever seen that poster with like the red 
and then the orange and the yellow. And it makes sense to have a sort of a, a, a system of a mm. progression through the color system. There's a progression through the frequencies or the notes. And there's a progression through the different parts of our lives that these energy centers will govern. Um, so I love numerology and it's not math. And just the more I look into it, the more fascinated I am, the more um, amazed and grateful that these things are there for us to just put together. And the way that I've put it together seems to be really working for people because it's, it's kind of simple. Um, and, and I'm backed up by the universe because it's put yeah, it's you are. sort of mapped so much of that on top of itself that it really is all, it's the, all the same thing. And if you just get out of the story and out of the sort of the dogma of where it comes from and just get somebody making a tone and holding it and then from there sort of guiding them to a, an, a sort of uh, an awareness and an intention within their body on top of that, um, you can really start to move mountains because the sound current is so powerful and so infinitely intelligent that much more intelligent than your brain in any given moment could be. And, and if you add the element of the ego critic, it's actually very inaccurate in what it's saying to you. Mm -hmm. So if you can just get in there, make the sounds, you can start to move some of these blocks or at least bring them up. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of tears in my sessions. I have a lot of like what surprises, a lot of laughter. Um, so it's a really wonderful to to continually get this confirmation from people that there was a block. They're not even sure where it came from, uh, but it's something is moving and, and we're designed to regularly sing. This is the point. It's like we're supposed to be toning. We're supposed to be making sound regardless of how good it is just because of the feeling. And so the feeling of the voice is what's so crucial. And so to answer your question, finally. <laughs> I keep adding more to it. Uh, no, <laughs> but if you think about society's rules for what a, a model citizen is, it is the ultimate shutdown, right? And we get shushed in certain environments we get reminded by our peers and by the power structure that this is appropriate and this is inappropriate and that you should say this and you shouldn't say that. And so because of that gate that is so like open and closed in our mind that we're just not free with our voices anymore. And especially with those shushes as a child, right? Mm -hmm. We get shushed an awful lot. Yes. You need to say thank you. You need to say please. And which may or may not be true. But in terms of like when that gets presented versus just celebrating and honoring and empowering the voice of a child you're really sort of limiting what we're capable of i've no idea what humans are capable of actually because of thousands of years of conditioning um out of our authentic voice and into a societally acceptable voice i mean after controlling our buttholes right, <laughs> which is the first thing we control as a human being really yeah um, and that's a great area that we're working with also the root chakra them um, that stability and security um, that we want to establish in the root so that we're feeling safe and then in that safe place we can let go and societally we're encouraged to let go um, it's very popular like let go but let go of what and how quite often there's not the permission to make the sound for example if i um, if you remember in the practice when we're trying to sing to the root it's a very open throat and it's kind of an uh, oh yeah i remember mm -hmm. yeah and that's extremely difficult to get to actually even though it's a potential that we all have singing uh, or speaking or toning with an open throat uh, like that actually makes people laugh and so what i'll do is i'll introduce the idea of like what would a, a whale sound like or imagine you're a mama gorilla how does she sound and quite often that can trick someone out of the inner critic and judge into like oh if i'm pretending to be a gorilla i can do that uh, uh, uh. and right. there they hear themselves and experience themselves making a shape taking a pose and 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 getting into a practice of using it making it a potential it's not that we want to walk around um uh, excuse me could i have a sandwich <laughs> right it's not necessarily right. where we want to be all the time but emotionally 
quite often that is the right sound to make and so we want to practice using it likewise you know and i love to anchor everything in the heart and have everything begin and end there and the heart sound as you demonstrated is this ah sound mm -hmm. right which is really mm -hmm. in the center of the chest relaxed yawning ah right and then but then we've also got these more intentional lifted places right in the throat ah eh, and e which is sort of more in the crown and these are all physical positions in the throat. What tends to happen to us is that we'll get like a, a pose that we're, we're used to, becomes sort of our familiar tone. And so that's how people recognize you when you call up on the telephone um, because of that very familiar frequency that we hold. But if we don't have access to our entire system within us, this sort of fight or flight response that we have to difficult or stressful situations force us inadvertently in a millisecond into a vocal pose. You will get into a a place in your voice where it gets so tense that it's no longer able to translate what it is you're wishing to, to communicate. And it's really muscle memory, right? Building a practice and then remembering in a moment when it is time to have an argument instead of just continuing to raise the frequency and you said this, but no, you're going to be there. And up it goes mm -hmm. and up it goes. You're no longer connected to your, all of your truth. You're going more and more into the mind frequency um, and, and the judgment uh, character that we're talking about. But if we're able to drop and have a physical practice that reminds us to, hey, take a breath before you respond, then maybe, okay, I'm gonna, I remember what it feels like to drop the larynx, which is effectively what's happening when we deepen like this, right? We're dropping or we're lifting it up and going up there, right? So if <laughs> yes. you're able to get around your response, which is this immediate like freak out that you're not safe, right? And here we go with the safety, which is in the root, right? If you're feeling threatened and unsafe, you want to visit the root and actually get deeper with your voice, with your response. Right? Wow. So, so when you're having conversations with people, do you pick a chakra to kind of express through depending on what you're doing? I'm just like everyone else, right? I have, I have my immediate response. I have a tendency to hold my breath. I can raise my voice. Um, mm. But yes, I have a lot of tools now um, that would allow me to, if, if in the moment I'm able to take that breath, that's all you really need because the breath will remind you of all the other brilliant tools you have that you've practiced if you're in an, in the healing arts at all, that you have access to all these, these resources. And yes, I would say that if I'm not sort of being challenged, I'm not triggered, then I, would, I do get the choice and I get to come from a very deep open place. Or if somebody's down there and in that deep place and just really living in fear or down low in in the feelings then i can lift it up and i can respond with a come on now and that tends to be like what we do naturally as humans is offer like a higher frequency or lift it up get wow. a higher vibe going that is uh, so interesting i read somewhere i was kind of reading about voice stuff before i talked to you but that expressing our true frequency of our voice can be very healing for the cells in our body have you ever heard anything like this before i mean it makes perfect sense on a microcosm macro level um, that you know everything that we're experiencing in the throat in our voice you know there's a mini journey we can take in the throat um, just to run us through the vowels that I use which would be like uh deep in the throat all the way through to e behind the teeth uh ooh, oh, ah in the center of the neck ah eh this is a natural sort of progression of sound we can make in the throat. And then if you sort of go a little wider view, then that can be mapped onto the root, sacral, solar, heart, throat, third eye, crown. And then if you go bigger than that, you could map that onto the astral bodies and look at the planets, right? There are seven planets, um, at least now, we're honoring. Uh, so then if we go the other way, 
Yeah. Smaller than the throat, and we take it down to a cell level. It makes sense that all those different relationships and harmonies exist on a cellular level, down to the tiniest. And currently, we're not able to measure how small we think it goes. But it would make sense to me that the the balance that we can achieve in the body, on an, up and down our spine, translates to the balance we can achieve just within the throat, which could go down into some balance we can achieve. Um, in our cells. And I noticed that after my session with you, I felt like my voice was in a much more open and I guess authentic place and people were listening to me or I was making myself a lot more clear, I guess I should say. So it just really fascinates me um, how much even just unconsciously another person can tell we're, we're using our real voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, right there, you're you're talking about, I think, the uh, the intention of our communication, the tone, right? The emotional content versus what the lips and the jaw do to at the very end of that transmission to chop it up and create the language that we're gonna understand um, on the other end. What I mean by that is, and to give an example of what we hear all the time, how you doing? Fine. Right? That response of going an octave higher with your response and saying, fine. Mm -hmm. You know that that person's not fine, even though the word, like the, the language says one thing, the tone is telling you something else. And so it really doesn't matter what we're saying as much as um, the way that it sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a dead giveaway. And so if people are, uh, and this is why I'm really uh, I'm stoked on the journey that I'm taking people on is because it's putting them in a place of being authentic because it's connecting them to their entire system, which wants to communicate, not just the brain and the throat, which yeah. don't generally transmit the entire signal. Do people get surprised a lot at what comes up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah. Um, maybe not somebody who's familiar with doing a lot of sort of healing work in this realm, mm. um, but certainly somebody who's kind of stumbling into it, they can be astonished, not only at how, how, um, how blocked they might be, or how emotional it could get, or how much it can hurt, but also like how great their voice is and how powerful it can be with um, the right encouragement or the right space provided so they can go explore it. Um, you know, it's all about being vulnerable. If you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and then you're in a safe space to be vulnerable, you can do a lot of great work and move mountains. You're really good at, at holding that space because a lot of it's super, um, I mean, this isn't the perfect word, but embarrassing <laughs> to your ego, you know? <laughs> that's a, that's the, it is the perfect word, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's that embarrassment. What is embarrassment? It's feeling like there's some shaming possibly coming your way. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. that, and that's all you need to feel to shut down and really just minimize your output. And those people we love to hear, they're just belting. They're just coming from a like, I don't really even care how this lands. All I care about is that it's authentically transmitted. And that's really hard to do. You can't fake that, especially when the stakes are a little higher, especially when there's emotions involved. But yep. And mm. it's kind of, you know, and that is our natural response, you know, it's a good response if there's a tiger coming. You want to be like, fuck, and get out of here, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, that's attention. Yep. <laughs> it's very rare that there's a tiger after you, but that's kind of socially how we might feel because yeah. of the potential ego death we might face in our community if you're sort of shamed or ousted as being wrong. That ego death is what we're all trying to avoid. And so I think allowing yourself to be embarrassed and realizing I didn't die. Right, right. I, and then you do it again, even though it, that, that feeling's coming up and why would I do this? Why would I do this? And you do it and you're like, again, I didn't die. Wow. And you continually erode that story that there's, it's possible. Chip in a way, yeah. Yeah, it's possible to perish here and realize it's not. And it doesn't matter what people think. So yeah. very few times does it really matter what people 
people think. In fact, being authentic and pushing through that will weirdly inspire a respect from the listener that wouldn't be there if you were saying the right things and defending yourself and making a good point, uh, but being acceptable with it. That's mm. really just confirming what they were maybe projecting, which is that they can't trust what you're saying and, and that therein is the argument versus, wow, like that was hard to hear, but it came from a, a place that I trust. How is this practice different than I am Ram Bam? Am I saying that right? Um, you everything ends in an arm. These are the the bijas. Um, they're the seed mantras, and this is sort of a very ancient traditional chakra toning system. Mm. And, and they um, the language there is lam at the base of the spine and vam in the sacral, the reproductive area, ram in the solar plexus, yam in the heart, ham in the throat, sham in the forehead, which is the third eye center, and then aum or silence sometimes is prescribed for connecting with the crown, which is sort of up and out beyond space and time. Mm. So those are ancient and they're very effective. And it's interesting that um, this can be part of our dialogue because I worked with somebody who's been a practitioner of this system for a long time. And she was gifted a session with me from a client that I've been working with for a good while and she got back to me uh, and said that this practice was and I'm not competing with it everything's got its place um, but it was way deeper a practice for her mm -hmm. what we were doing which uses different vowels and you'll remember from our session there's a new vowel for each place in the body yes an uh, intentional vowel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and these ones tend to focus I think it's about spinning the and maybe somebody can correct me here but it's about spinning the chakra with the right consonant lam can get the the root vam can get the sacral and so on these initiating um, consonants but if you can hear every vowel is an arm lam ram vam yam ham right so mm -hmm. that's getting you to always be in the heart as far as my practice is concerned with the ah sound and so when she got to sing oh and try to be in the solar plexus which is your power center it's your pleasure center it's your purpose in life it's your willpower when she tried to sing to that with the oh sound it brought up a lot that mm -hmm. she's not encountered yet having done this practice for years and so i'm i'm forever curious because there's there's multiple disciplines that you can choose and i think they all have their place um but i'm i'm loving that we're all on the forefront of as i said before like like re this wisdom resurfacing and becoming more and more appropriate, m maybe even crucial for the healing that we're all going through, particularly the healing of the feminine. So you were saying something about that, I think in a post that I was reading, but you were just saying that it, it really affects the feminine the most. Um, is that just because society teaches us to shut the fuck up? Um, you mean the women to shut the fuck mm -hmm. up? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what is beautiful about the, the, the stuff that I'm learning right now is that we don't want to reduce it to men and women, although the, the female form, the women, the carriers of the womb, have taken the biggest, the, the hit, right? So in the physical form. Energetically. It, energetically, right? Mm. And so what we're going through right now is we see what people refer to as the end of the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. what, you, what, what I'm being reminded of, and it's very easy to forget that women are patriarchal and men are patriarchal within this era. Yes. And that the matriarchal era, the, the the men were matriarchal and so were the women. We're all expressing an overall potential of like what what people are going through in in an, in any given era for humanity. And right now we're at the tail end of a horrific um, denial of the feminine principles. Yeah, which for is sure. possibly why we're in this, the the what we call it growth opportunity <laughs> that mm. we're facing right now because and and a lot of my work is with women because it's the energy of the the women it's the energy of the mothers and the daughters and the grandmothers that carries with it this um 
frequency of inclusiveness, of unity, of healing, of flow. It's not a separating energy, which is what the masculine is. The masculine is a sort of a divisive, which is useful, right? We need to be able to decide. And, and contrary to men carrying the feminine, women carry the masculine also. And there's a masculine energy necessary for women to be able to be decisive, to be able to take a step forward. Um, but for us to empower the voice of the women right now is to really make effective what's going on, regardless of the vocal healing, that there is a rising of um, solidarity. There is a rising of female power. There is a, a sort of a resurgence of and a unification of all of that energy. And it needs to be heard, right? And so it's all very well, that energy rising up and the, the need for it to be healed being clear that without a powerful voice, it's going to confirm what the unhealthy masculine believes about a woman. Right. Is that she's going to lose her shit and mm -hmm. she's going to get all squawky and bitch at me. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to put that whole thing in the camp of, I therefore need to protect myself and not listen. Right. And so with a powerful embodied female voice with this messaging, that's difficult for the masculine to hear that we're equal. It's difficult to break down all of our programming because our programming is from the patriarch, which is that men have got it handled and the women have their place, for us to be able to admit that will require sort of a being able to hear something that is not so familiar in terms of um, what that stereotypical woman who is angry or the, ter the that horrible word hysterical, mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. um, right? That's, yeah. if you just look at government, look at the, the, the powers in this country, it's not the case all over the world. And so many female leaders are crushing right now in terms of the response to the pandemic. Um, but in this country, in the US, um, the, the, there's barely a woman to be found in the really crucial roles of decision-making and sort of responses to what, what the population needs. And so it's really about bringing the vocal strength and the vocal healing to the female population that is going to empower it to be effective in sort of applying all of the obviousness <laughs> of including women and having an equal <laughs> amount of women and men right. in decision-making roles right. and having women's rights be exactly equal to men's and their ability to earn and their ability to be heard and all of it. It's it's so out of balance, but that's a natural cycle. And so I'm not against what, what's happened um, from a macro view because yeah. it is a necessary evolution, but from a micro view of like the today, it, the shit's got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this is probably simplifying it way too much. And it probably, I mean, won't even warrant a response because it's just so off. But is it kind of like women need to really work on speaking through their root chakra and men need to really work on speaking through their heart chakra. I think that's great. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, it's great. I, I mean, I, were, I thought you were going to go all the way up into the crown, mm. actually. Mm -mm. Um, just the opposite extreme. One thing that I, I, I had the great pleasure of accidentally doing a session for 200 people at a festival. I, oh, was, wow. I, was, I was put on the wrong, <laughs> I was advertised the wrong place in the schedule. I was actually just a lowly sound engineer who was being asked to, you know, share the vocal healing thing for maybe, I don't know, 20 people. But a very famous sound healer <laughs> was in the wrong spot and had advertised my spot. And so all his people came. Oh, my goodness. He actually came and asked, can we switch? But thankfully, my uh, my boss at the time was like, no, this is what it says. This is what's happening. Um, so by the time I was done, there were 200 people there. And in that, uh, because of all that energy coming at me and all that um, sort of 
honoring of what was happening and support and new levels of my, I don't want to say channeling, maybe I do want to say it because I said it, um, <laughs> what, whatever that is where in the right environment a super self can come out, my super self realized like, okay, okay, all, I want all the women in the room repeat after me i am a woman mm. and there's some giggles 100 people from a very deep place were saying i am a woman and i and they had to say i am allowed to have a deep voice mm. and they all said that and it was and then we we relaxed and then we did the opposite for the men i am a man and i am allowed to have a high voice and just in that moment i realized this is actually what needs to happen is the extreme opposite of what we're so familiar with so yes Men are not encouraged to come from their heart. No. Unless you're lucky. You know, you might have really amazing parents who weren't messed up when they were children, you know, who can honor these, like, really obvious principles. Um, but mostly, no, men are not supposed to be living in their hearts. Um, yeah. They're supposed to live in their biceps and in their, bra <laughs> and in their brains. And, and, the, and, and women, a lot of what I'm trying to do is to relax the throat of a woman right, to allow, allow her larynx to drop and provide these lower, deeper frequencies to resonate. It's not about changing the voice. It's just widening the possibilities. Yeah, you were kind of saying that you, like, gargling apple cider vinegar and hot water helps do that a lot, too. That's a technique that I learned from um, a really amazing singer um, that she learned from her vocal coach, which was just to continue the cleanse, continue the healing of the injuries that happen in the voice. And I like to remind people that too much coffee, not enough water, everything you've said that you didn't want to say, everything you didn't say that you wished you had, all of these, like the cheeky line of cocaine when you were in college, <laughs> like whatever it is, those things and cigarettes, all of that gets physically lodged just like any knot that you would get in your shoulders that you want someone to rub out. Those injuries are in the throat. Whoa. And so it's calcified. I do body work also, and I'm constantly working on the calcification of the fascia, which is the deep skin, right? And that's what you want to persuade and re-educate and reintegrate because um, it carries the lymph. And it's a really crucial part of our healing. Um, but I equated that on a sort of a mass muscular level to the, the tiny ligaments and muscles in the throat, that the injuries are in there. By singing and having a constant, what I call the heart song, just that, the sound current that we're making and holding a position where the throat is really feeling it can melt away without really knowing what it is you're melting away can can sort of start melting away some of those injuries and the apple cider vinegar is an astringent and it really the, mm. the, the gunk the snot from the folds in the vocal cords and in these little crevices in our throats that just aren't open because we're not using them the shit we're not doing the poses that would reveal them when you do the pose that reveals them and the ah this harsh ah sound that we make for the throat the beginning of the vowel i ah when we do that we really sort of stretch and expose some of these injuries and the apple cider vinegar when we gargle can then help after a session sort of wash that stuff away Oh my God, that's so satisfying to me for some reason. <laughs> you know, another way to look at it is like honey. You know, we've got honey that can set and get really hard. And then with the warming sound current, it can start to melt. And so when it's in that melted position, when it's soft, it might be more willing um, to let go of your body and, and be washed away. And that's another sort of way that I view that practice of gargling with the apple cider. I was the same person reminded me that gargling is somewhat of a violent action. On the vocal cords. Yeah, just fully, do it kind of softly. To, yeah, do it. So I just want to pass this on 
I don't know. I mean, you can do the gargling with the vowel sounds. So trying to gargle with an ah, trying to gargle with an ah. It's really powerful work. Is it something that everybody can do? I think everyone can do it. Anyone that can speak can start to do this, uh, this practice and and explore from there. Your speaking voice, you know, we, we kind of occupy a, a, a narrow frequency band until we get excited and then maybe we'll go up and visit some higher notes or if we're like super depressed, we might visit some lower notes. Uh, but generally we occupy this middle zone and singing really and toning is just expanding those potentials, just up a little bit, down a little bit. And that's why I like to start in the middle of someone's range in the heart so that the feeling of reaching for higher tones, higher notes, translates to reaching to this higher energy center, the crown, mm. right? And also as they endeavor to reach lower notes in their range, they're also trying to reach these lower, more base primal chakras, uh, you know, of your, your security and your feelings down there in the root and the sacral. Do, do you suggest people just like sing to the radio in the morning for like a couple minutes? Is that helpful at all? No. Um, <laughs> I think you have to do it loud. Mm. Mm -hmm. You have to sing loud a lot. And you have to sing with wild abandon, right? That's yep. a really, really important thing to do. And generally, the car is a great safe place to do that, the bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, before that even happens, permission to sing loud and not, with wild abandon, not caring how it sounds, but just having it feel good, I think is medicine for everybody. So forgive my flippant response of no. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's I just, beautiful. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Get that. Um, is it is working with you different than a singing lesson, would you say? Yeah. Singing is this magical thing we can do with sound. It's a magical thing we can do with our innate ability to make tones. But the tones are more emotional and they're less specific. Just kind of, even though you did a song when you, when you felt sympathy or a cute vibe and you went, ah, mm -hmm. even though that was your, that's still a song. Aww, duh. So the work that I'm doing is sort of pre-singing. And a lot of the people I work with, will be doing both but it's really important even for somebody who's experienced at singing and is a quote-unquote good singer quite often they're not enjoying the process even though they're sounding good to someone else and people might be like oh I wish I could sing like that quite often you don't wish you could sing like that because they're not enjoying it a lot of classical musicians who are amazing and can sight read any piece of music they're not really necessarily enjoying what they're doing as much as somebody who is a little sloppily but feeling free on an instrument and so that freedom and accuracy are two sort of different conversations that ultimately get together uh, where you can be accurate and still feel free i love that i love that will you give us your instagram name so people can find you and work with you yes it's numerology it's tetra t-e-t-r-a which means four it's a greek word tetra music school Tetra Music School. And do you do group lessons and private lessons? Yes. And the group is an interesting thing at the moment in terms of getting together, social distancing. And I'm going to be doing um, YouTube Live starting next week um, to sort of replace or stand in place of until we return to uh, being able to all be together in groups. It's a hugely powerful feeling of singing in it together. Um, but mostly at the moment, it's one-on-one -on -one work. Um, and that has its um, much deeper merits in one way. It's, it's healing the, your personal relationship with your voice and it's healing your um, inner critic, as we've discussed. The group work tends to heal your, your um, disconnection from your community and allowing you to feel that embrace of the group sound. And in that group sound, you don't have to be that accurate. 
you're part mm -hmm. of the chorus line and a lot of people will reflect after a group session that they are they didn't know if it was them making the sound or somebody else it seemed to be coming out of them but not oh that's that, beautiful right that's amazing and that's kind of that's the foundation of all my work really is to get to that place of remembering why we're making sound in the first place Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.